Amen. Well, <clears throat> you may remember this was a few months back, uh, and our founding pastor, Ben here, uh, talked a little bit about dreams and visions, and I'm not going there today, but I wanted to bring back up one thing that he said. So, you know, sometimes we, we get all excited. Oh, I had this dream, you know, and I'm trying to figure out, like, is, is this a message from God, or is this just the, you know, extra piece of pizza I ate last night? Like, I, I don't know. And, and we believe God can speak to us through those things. Um, but I remember one of the things he said was to, to not get too overly excited because oftentimes when you have a really clear and vivid dream, even if it is from the Lord, it may often be preparing you in a way for something that might be really difficult or, or, you know, so in other words, it might not be necessarily reason to celebrate, although we love it when God speaks to us, that, 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 that's good. And we would like to be in touch with him. Well, I was thinking about that, and as I was reading through this 34th Psalm and thinking about some of the different themes, I, I remembered this series of recurring dreams that I had. Um, and this has happened to me a few different times through my life where I'll have a, you know, a, a nearly identical or very similar dream m multiple times. And for me, you know, I think sometimes maybe I'm just a, a slow learner, so maybe like he has to repeat things to, to get my attention or get me to pay attention to it. Well, in this particular recurring dream, like I said, there were slight variations, but basically in, in all of them, uh, myself and the family and I were traveling down a highway, and uh, I don't particularly remember what we were driving or anything like that, but just sort of imagine you know, a large, you know, maybe four or six lane interstate highway, pretty busy, and we're traveling along. And, and at this part, it, it deviates a little bit from each one, but basically something catastrophic would happen sort of a little bit ways down the road in front of us to where, you know, you're thinking, okay, you know, I, I'm going to end up, how many of you remember just not too long ago the, the, the dust storm that happened down here on, on 55, and that was a very catastrophic, you know, I forget the exact number, but a large number of, of vehicles. You know, And so it, it was sort of like that, it's like, far enough down the road, you know, I'm, I'm seeing this catastrophe kind of unfold and there's a, a cloud of, of smoke and, and dust and things. And, but it's like, it's just close enough. I, I can't, I can't stop. And in the dream, it's like, just, just keep going. I know, I know you can't see, but I'll, I'll, I'll guide you. I'll tell you. And it's like that moment of sort of passing through the, the smoke. And it's like, I, I'm totally blind here. I, I have no idea where I'm going, what I'm going to do. And, and just utterly convinced that I am driving myself right into disaster. And in a very short time, we pass out the other side and, and keep going. In another one, very similar to that, there's a vehicle that, that crashes and actually begins rolling. And it's like, we're going to try. And so this happens two or three times. And every time our family and our vehicle feels the impending doom of, of what seems like certain and immediate danger, and yet we pass through uh, unscathed. Um, and we're, we're able to, none of the dreams do we actually stop. You know, and I'm like, okay, so this is interesting. So what are you trying to say? Um, well, many of you know, our story, and, and I could probably go back and connect this to some particular events. But what I began learning as I went through that, and, and shortly after this series of dreams, we encountered some, some real significant obstacles and disasters in our personal lives. And the Lord was basically trying to tell us, 
I'm with you on this journey. In other words, when you see disaster coming and when it feels absolutely certain that you're about to encounter something utterly catastrophic, I'm still with you. And as long as I'm with you, you can keep going. And now what I want to point out is, yes, we avoided the danger. In life, we don't always avoid all the effects. In other words, it's not that we're unaffected. But, but sometimes, we like to say it this way, when you come up against an obstacle in the kingdom, sometimes the Lord will give you instructions to go around it. Sometimes he will remove it. But sometimes he's going to get sit down in the seat right next to you and help you drive through it. And, and that's actually, to me, the, the scariest option. I think our natural tendency is when we see something hard or something bad coming down the road, it's like, I don't like that. Can I, God, can I, can I pick a different path? Can I, can I avoid this, this difficulty or this catastrophe? Or, or could you just deal with it? And could you, could you sort of resolve it and, and remove it? And sometimes he does those things. But sometimes he says, I'm going to actually just be with you. And I'm going to take you through this thing. Well, this sort of is, is where I think we're going to go as we look through this psalm is that no matter what's going on in your life and what thing might be just down the road or in front of you, or maybe you're even actually in the midst of it. Maybe you're already in that place where you you can't see what's going on around. You don't understand. We can always run to the Father. He's always there. He's always available. And uh, we're going to look at some scripture here uh, to begin to understand that. But but I want to start out by saying there is a distinct connection between your ability to go through hard things with God and your ability to worship. And as we've just spent this time, you know, a few minutes ago, worshiping, declaring worth and adoration to God, there is something that happens in that exchange that gives us the ability to sometimes endure these things. So let's look, if you have a Bible or a Bible device, I'm reading from the message version today. I'll have these on the screen, Um, but this is from Psalm 34. We're going to start just in verse 1. I'm going to read the first eight verses or nine, and then we'll stop and and dig into a little bit, and then we'll uh, do the last few uh, a little bit later. Verse 1, I bless God every chance I get. My lungs expand with his praise. I live and breathe, God. If things aren't going well, hear this and be happy. Join me in spreading the news together. Let's get the word out. God met me more than halfway. He freed me from all my anxious fears. Look at him. Give him your warmest smile. Never hide your feelings from him. I'm going to just pause here for just a second. When you're going through something difficult, you don't have to pretend like you don't feel it, okay? Like God is with you, he, and whatever you're, you're up against or going through, he is with you. But we don't have, we, one of our, our values here, we word it different ways, but it's just you can be your authentic self with God. Like he's not afraid of how you feel, so... He wants to be with you, but it's okay to express whatever emotions you're feeling, and, and he'll, he'll carry you through that. 
When I was desperate, verse 6 says, I called out to God and God got me out of a tight spot. Verse 7, God's angel sets up a circle of protection around us while we pray. Open your mouth and taste. Open your eyes and see how good God is. In this series of dreams that I was describing to you, I don't have real good language, but that articulates to me kind of the feeling of, of, I mean, you all can relate to this in whatever place in your life it connects, but, you know, that feeling of, of impending doom, like, I know in my knower something bad's about to happen. You know, like when you're watching a movie and you hear the music change and you're like, watch out, you know. So like, but there's that feeling, in the, like, I know this isn't going to be good. I, 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 just, I just feel it. I, I, I said, Tammy talks about her spidey senses, you know. It's like, so, so you feel that. And yet, so in this, in this dream, you know, I'm, I'm experiencing that feeling of, of basically hopelessness. You know, like, I, I don't see a way that this is going to work. And then there's that still small voice of the Father saying, I got this. It's okay that you feel that way, but, but I've got this. And as you pass through and as you get to the other side and you realize, oh, wait, we made it. Like, we're, we're, we're still okay. You know, uh, that's that moment of tasting and seeing, okay, you know, when the Lord promises you. Like I said, it doesn't always mean that he takes the disaster away. But you get to the other side and you realize, oh, I, I actually made it. Like, I, I, I'm, I'm still here. God is still good. This is a verse I want to talk about for just a minute. Worship God if you want the best. Worship opens doors to all of his goodness. This is where I'm talking about that, that connection. And, and I don't have time to tell all the particular stories. But again, I've had very significant places in my life where everything seemed to be falling apart. Uh, nothing seemed to be going right. Uh, finances weren't what we wanted them to be. Business wasn't yet successful. Like I, I, could, I could keep naming things. And some of you know pieces of our story. And in the midst of those moments, I found myself tired and desperate and turning to God and, and trying to find a way. You know, we sing that song, Bless the Lord, all my soul. It's like sometimes you have to tell your soul to worship him. It doesn't, you don't always feel like worship, right? Fortunately, his worthiness is not dependent on how we feel. He is worthy no matter what your circumstances. And I like to say, maybe you don't find this helpful, but I always have. The Lord could never do another thing for me the rest of my life. Like, it's not, it's, not a, it's not about that. He's not worth worship and praise just because he's gotten me out of tight spots or just because he's helped me. It's just who he is. Like, he doesn't owe us anything, and we owe him everything. Like, he's worthy to be worshipped, to be praised, to be adored simply for who he is. And yet, in his kindness and his goodness and his love for us, he does intersect our lives. He does concern himself with what might seem like minute details from his perspective, but yet he concerns himself with that. And so my point is in those moments of desperation, of difficulty, of not knowing the answer or what's next, I, I found, and it wasn't always easy, but I found a way to worship. 
And somewhere in that worship, and, and I may have said this to you before, but you know, one thing that is unique to our experience here on earth, in heaven we will not be able to worship from a place of pain. We can only do that here. Only here in this struggle of the human experience can we be in these places of difficulty, pain, loss, disappointment, and still worship. That is a gift that we bring to our good Father that we can only do here. It's, it's, it's special. Because there, all of that will finally be dealt with. We talk about this reality of the kingdom of God. And, and when it's fully consummated, when we reunite with him and spend eternity in his presence in heaven, we won't have the obstacles. We won't have the pain and the death and the disease and, and, and all of that. But here we do. And even in the midst of it, we can worship him. And worship is not a magic formula, again, to make the difficult things go away. <laughs> I wish that it was. I wish I could give you ABC and all your problems are fixed. But you live too much life to, to buy into that. You know that that's not true. But worship will change your perspective. It will enable you. Uh, I, I've used this example before, perhaps. but um, And I, you know, I love that I was able, to me, dressing like this in honor of Father's Day was like, well, this could be any Sunday when I lived in North Carolina. <laughs> like, so I just felt like I was just stepping back to, you know, because literally, for those of you that don't know our story, we pastored for several years in North Carolina. And our, our church was literally not on the beach front, but we were on a barrier island. You know, it's like we, we were at the beach, like as at the beach as you can get. And we did baptisms in the ocean, and uh, it, it, was, it was great. So I, I didn't even feel odd, you know, putting this on this morning. Um, but anyway, worship can change your perspective. When, when we would go um, swimming in the ocean, you know, when you're on the beach and you look out, uh, the swells often, and, and the part we were in, you know, is, is fairly calm. You know, we don't get these big monster, uh, on our particular beach. Now, there are beaches north or south of there where you do. But if you swim out far enough, where, you know, it's like you don't touch, like you're actually swimming. And you're out there, and as those swells happen, when, when your perspective is suddenly shifted, and that swell is right in front of you, it looks huge. It looks overwhelming, right? Like, and you, and you wonder, like, and especially like, you know, if, if, you're, if you're just getting used to that. I mean, our kids were, they're water babies. But, you know, starting out, that, that was terrifying to them. You know, oh, this is just going to overtake us. Well, this is how I think we often relate to the things going on in our life. And if your perspective is this, this problem is, is up in your face, if you will, it seems huge. And I'm not discounting. It might be huge. Some of you are facing things that are, that are truly huge. I'm, I'm not discounting that at all. But what I'm saying is what worship does, see, it doesn't try to pretend that the problem's not big. But it changes your perspective. It zooms you out to see as big as that thing is when it's in my face, my God is actually still bigger. Like the reality of who my Father is, is bigger, is more real than the thing that I'm facing. And his ability to deal with that, like to us, it's overwhelming. Like when I'm swimming in the ocean and, and that, that swell is a little bigger than I was doing 
I don't have any ability to change the size of that. Sw- like I can't, you know, we used to joke, uh, this might not be totally appropriate, but I'm going to tell it anyway. Uh, even the most non-Pentecostal person suddenly becomes Pentecostal when you clog the toilet at your neighbor's house during dinner, right? Stop! You know, it's like, it's the same thing when you're out there. It's like, I don't have any ability to stop that thing. I can't change the size of it. it, There's nothing I can do to change the circumstance. I I don't control the, the waves of the ocean. But the one that I'm looking to is the one that actually made them in the first place. Like, he, 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 he is that much bigger. Like, it's not just that one wave. It's everything that exists. Like, he, he can speak and things just come into existence. All that's around us. And so when, in worship, I can get that perspective. In a way that, like, we can maybe say we know that in our knower all the time. But what worship does is it, is it takes our total person, body, soul, spirit, and, and begins to reflect that reality. Oh, yeah, Jesus, you know, this hard thing that's in front of me, it, it's, it still feels hard, but I trust you. I, I, I think you're bigger. Uh, you know, like we just sang, I, 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 don't, I don't know what's going on. I'm confused. I, I don't feel anything that I think maybe I should feel. And yet, you're still working on it. You're, you're, you're figuring things out. You're putting things in place. And so I, I surrender to you. I, I trust you. And somewhere in that process of sort of just letting go, you can gain a perspective of the king that allows you to keep going, that allows you to trust in your father, to experience his goodness, as this verse says. Worship opens the door to all of it. Now, you notice, it doesn't say that worship closes the door to the things that are not his goodness, but it opens the door. Because what I'm trying to say is, our, our move, if you will, whatever you're facing in life, is not to eliminate all the darkness. We, that's not within our ability. But the more we can experience the goodness of the Father, the more we can live in that reality we will be able to make it. We'll be able to not only endure to the end, but we'll be able to praise him in the midst of difficult things that are going on. Um, which actually, for those of you, we talked about you know, evangelism a few weeks ago, and uh, for some of us, that's really difficult. You know, I, don't, I don't feel comfortable talking to people. I don't want to share my story. You realize one of the best ways, one of the first messages I, I ever uh, preached when I was uh, a young pastor was called lifestyle worship. Basically, if you don't feel gifted or empowered or able to do what we traditionally call evangelism, just live your life that no matter what happens to you, you worship. Live your life in a way that no matter what happens, you speak good of God. And people will notice. Hey, I I know what's going on in your life. Like You should probably be depressed and and whatever you know and you're not like what's up with that like it, it worship attracts that kind of thing all right let's skip down to verse 14 uh verse 14 we're still in uh, isaiah <laughs> psalms 34 
Turn your back on sin. Do something good. Embrace peace. Don't let it get away. God keeps his eyes, his eye on his friends. He, and just in case you don't know, that's us. We, we are friends of God. His ear picks up every moan and groan. So in other words, you don't even have to wait and like ask, Lord, you know, did you notice this thing that's going on down here? You know, it's like just the, oh, he hears it. He picks up on the subtleties. God won't put up with rebels. He'll cull them from the pack. And is anyone crying for help? God is listening. He's ready to rescue you. Rescue you. If your heart is broken, you'll find God right there. If you're kicked in the gut, he'll help you catch your breath. Disciples so often get in trouble. Now, that phrase caught my attention, right? Because he's talking about all these difficult things and how God will help you. And disciples so often get in trouble. Why is that? (laughs) We're not troublemakers, are we? (laughs) Well, I know. Maybe some of us are. If you are becoming, you are and are still becoming a disciple of Jesus, the kingdom of darkness doesn't like what you're about. And so we're not talking about stirring up trouble in the way that we might think of God disciplining those who he loves and correcting, although he does that because he does love us. No, I think what we're referring to here is that we live in the tension between two kingdoms. And when the kingdom of light advances, when the kingdom of God advances because we, his disciples, live the Jesus way and begin loving, begin worshiping, begin doing the things that disciples of Jesus do, like serving the poor and and reaching out to our neighbors and, and all the things that we do, when that begins happening, the kingdom of darkness doesn't like that. And he's going to bring all kinds of resistance and problems against us to either try to stop us or at the very least distract us, get us preoccupied with our own feelings, our insecurities, our, you know, well, did you notice what how your neighbor didn't say thank you for that kind thing that you did for them? Like there's all these subtle little things. And so we can easily find ourselves in trouble. And yet God is there every time. He's your bodyguard, shielding every bone. Not even a finger gets broken. The wicked commit slow suicide. They waste their lives hating the good. God pays for each slave's freedom. No one who runs to him loses out. Now, you might hear this and get the impression that what I'm saying is, well, if you just, you know... Be a better Christian, you won't have these problems. If you just, you know, do a little better job at everything, well, you, you know that we don't, we don't ascribe to sort of an, an either or. It's a both and. Like, does God rescue and help those whom he loves and they get in tight spots? Yes. Does sometimes the kingdom of darkness continue to push and win out in the moment so that we don't, have fully realized victory in every moment. I don't have to pull the room to, to know, like, we all still have stuff. So, so I'm not talking about a sort of triumphant 
triumphantalism that says, you know, well, if I just keep saying everything's good, it'll become good. But what I'm saying is, at the end of the day, when all things are consummated, when the kingdom is fully come, these will be our realities. And yet, I also don't want to fall into the trap of, well, yeah, I know that's the way it'll be at the end of this earthly journey, but for now I just have to, this is just my cross to bear, I have to put up with it. Both can be true at the same time. We, we can expect and experience moments, tastes of the goodness of God, of the fullness of his kingdom, and yet we can also hold on to hope, saying that even when I don't experience that in moments or seasons or particular problems, I know it's not because my father's not actually good. It's not because he doesn't want those things for me. See, this is why the father can be trusted. This is why I'm encouraging you to, to run to the father because I, I, I don't even know if I have the, the language for this. He is ultimately, completely, utterly, through and through, in every conceivable way, without question, good and only good. You know, when, when you have to do you know, the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, like that. He is good, only good, and nothing but good. We have an enemy who likes to steal, kill, and destroy, and so we live in the tension of this battle. But no matter where you're at, and here's the other thing. I'm laughing because this is maybe one of the areas where I trip up. When things are good, when the problems aren't apparent, don't forget to still run to the Father. I have seen in my rearview mirror, and we all know hindsight's twenty twenty. Time and time again, where the Father was ready and waiting to embrace me, to talk to me, to help prepare me for a thing that I didn't even see that was coming down the road. And because I didn't run to him, I was unprepared. I got blindsided. I, 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 got, I got in trouble. And that doesn't mean he can't still rescue me. But what I'm saying is, if we run to the Father, even when things are good, if we worship him, if we, if we spend time with him, it will open the door to all of his goodness. He'll teach us how to walk the Jesus way, how to live. So this morning, I, I simply want to sort of exhort or encourage you to run to the Father. Whatever you might be dealing with today, maybe you're, you are in a good place and... You know, you know, every, everything's okay, and, and I'm still doing most of the good things. With our Father, there's always more. And you often don't know what all's coming down the road and, and how to be, to be prepared. And so I like to say, I've not run out of reasons to spend time with Him, to worship Him. Because in His presence, meaning in, in close proximity to Him, giving Him my attention, my adoration, everything that I have, I am transformed. Like I, 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 and and we often hear that, yeah, you know, and we think of transformed in terms of behavior, right? Well, I, I am transformed, and so you know, I, I don't do some of the things I used to, and that's true. I, I think the Holy Spirit enables us to to grow in those areas, 
But I'd like you to think of it this way. This transformation process that the Holy Spirit is, is working with each of us on is not about training you out of specific behaviors, although those things will probably be affected. Like, you know, that, that, that would probably be a result. But what he's doing is he's actually making you more you. He's enabling you to become... Now, this is a, a phrase that, that pop culture has, has sort of borrowed and maybe misconstrued, but uh, if you can understand it in this context, you're becoming your truest self. In other words, you're becoming who God created you to be. And worship enables that transformation process to happen and to accelerate. And so it really doesn't matter, in a way, where you're at on the journey, what you're dealing with. Run to the Father. Let Him transform you. Let Him mold you, shape you, make you into who he's called you to be. Because it's the only way you can do it. And if you're in a place in life where, oh, you know, I don't think I have what it takes to do the thing that's in front of me, run to the Father, because he does.